What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Right here on this wonderful Monday afternoon. It's 2 o'clock here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. You have tuned in to the greatest show um, today, uh, Nerd Thug Radio. Yeah, this is just today, though. Just today. Listen, tomorrow is going to be something better. Can't help it. It's just the way it goes. Got to be a and fox like, like, and a wolf and a hunter. It's like, it's like the rule of the universe, right? There's always something better. That's just what I tell the pretty girls to lower their self-esteem enough to talk to me. That's not That's not true. That's not even nice. That's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do um, that. That's me. This, this is Corey DLG with Mizzy's Rose Little Brother, Nico. That's me. I always love the Cat Williams bit where he's like, it's called self-esteem. It's called self-esteem. It comes from you. I always like that. I always love that. Um, it's one of the best. It's one of the best comedy bits to me because, like, it's such an obvious thing, but no one had ever said it. Like, not not you know not as a stand up to me, not naturally like that, but like no one had ever really touched on it that way. Yeah, like it very oh, much man. feels like self esteem <laughs> arguments are always like it's like, and then their peers were mean to them. <laughs> which and it does affect yourself it's just maybe we've named it the wrong thing yeah like it shouldn't be called self-esteem I don't know like if tribal others, positioning I don't know yeah if others can, can affect it it shouldn't that's not what we need to call it <laughs> alright buddy so how was your weekend man did you get up to anything uh, it was it was it was productive it wasn't fun oh Okay. Uh, productive but not fun. Did you have to help your mother clean out that room downstairs? Uh, kind of, yeah. Ooh, I knew it. I knew it. It was gonna be something lame like that. What'd you have to do? I mean, no, we just worked on some stuff together. It wasn't bad. It's just time consuming. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. All right. Okay. All right. And then other than that, just having fun organizing cards selling stuff the usual the huge the 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 life that i have sacrificed myself to the cardboard rectangles you you are deep in it buddy you are deep deep in it uh this is just the natural progression this is gonna happen eventually listen given our lineage there was no way you weren't gonna wind up in a pile of these things man it really is that there's no other way around it, man. There's really not. I got three boxes of comic books that says otherwise. You know, you know what I mean? It says the same thing. Yeah. yeah. We truly we, are our, our father's sons. We really are. <laughs> A couple of nerds. That's what we are. <sighs> Collecting nerds. Oh, is it a rectangle that's going to, that might be worth money one day? Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I'll take that. What is that? A mildly, mildly tangential thing that I like? Yeah, I'll take those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get all of them. All of them. It's like I went to, uh, so I was up at uh, uh, Adventure Begins. Uh, uh, friends of ours. Um, I think I realized, you know, what, you know what I'm doing when I say that? I'm using the mafia language. You know how they like, it didn't, yeah. it didn't dawn on me forever, but like there's a code to everything, right? Like friends of ours, friends of theirs. Um, not friends of our like, and what they're doing is they're telling other people the level of affiliation of whoever it is they're talking about. 
Right. It never dawned on me until right now. I'm watching too many Soprano clips, I think. Corey, are we in the mob? Um, listen, I can't tell you on the radio, but yes. Hmm. I mean, no. I think I just blew it. <laughs> we'll figure that out by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll know by tomorrow. Um... <laughs> All right, so on this lazy Monday afternoon, by the way, um, yeah, I just I, I did the same thing. Uh, I'm, we're halfway through Heroes Re- Reborn. Mm-hmm. Went through all the aisles and bought all the tangential, you know, crossover ep- issues. Uh, they got you. They got you with the Marvel crossovers, baby. They did, and they never do because I'm not a sucker. Like, I know what they're doing. Yeah, they want you to buy all 15 books in their five-book miniseries. I don't understand how they ever relate these things. And sometimes they, like, uh, there was one where, okay, during the War of Asgard, they did a Punisher one. And they, like, him and, like, four other random characters went into Asgard together, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think one of them was even uh, Daredevil's law partner, Foggy Nelson was, like, helping Daredevil, and he got sucked into going to Asgard with him. Like, what is Foggy Nelson doing in Asgard? I don't even remember. But the thing Isn't he just a guy? He's just a... He's a lawyer. I mean, literally... I I mean, I don't... So the thing that stuck out about it, though, is that the last... Some Asgardian warriors, and he's like, well, you see, I represent my client here, the Punisher. (laughs) My client, Frank Castle, a.k.a. the Punisher, has a grievance against your people here. Um, I mean, I really don't know. I really, I really don't. Um, but the thing that stuck out about it was War of Asgard was like a seven issue series. Um, all the little crossover books. Well, this Punisher one didn't start until like issue six and it was five issues. It finished well after the War of Asgard was over. And, you know, legal proceedings. It, it takes a long time. <laughs> like... The epilogue book had come out. The new launches had all already happened. You know, like coming out of a big crossover, some you know, a couple books like changed their direction or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All of that had already happened, and in, in like the Punisher War of Asgard stuff was they still had like one more issue to go. Man, maybe Marvel's just really bad at scheduling things. Um, I think every once in a while they are, but you know what's interesting to me is there was. Okay, when DC did the new 52 Rebirth stuff, where they had the 52 books... Uh, so, new 52, not Rebirth. Those are two yeah, separate not, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, New 52 relaunch. Yeah. Dan DiDio talked about name. how they had really carefully planned out the entire first year. But through the course of running the first year so tightly, they weren't able to plan the second year as well. And a lot of things fell through the cracks. In his quote, where he talks about that, he credits Marvel for how they stay so organized throughout these events that they keep. Because Marvel has events every year. Every year they have a big crossover event. And they still get out all of their tie-in books. And they don't lose anybody. They don't do... They don't... They don't overly contradict anything from one book to the next. Like, maybe Spider-Man says something different in the two books or whatever, but overall the same flow occurs. And Dan and Theo basically 
just flat out says like they, they don't they failed at keeping everything together uh, at the same scale that Marvel seemingly does every year. Yeah, I mean, well, when you're organizing that many characters and writers and artists, like in just trying to do anything ever, getting getting four people to do a D and D session is hard enough. I can't imagine what getting hundreds of writers and artists and people involved in this together to write these big crossovers. <laughs> you're definitely not wrong about that. Like so. Um, you can barely get five people together to do improv a thing they like well and let's and, and let's be clear though what marvel does is interesting is they they really hammer those retreats um if your book is involved in something like if your character's involved in something you go on the retreat whereas in dc they didn't do that back in the day as a matter of fact um still don't they still don't but uh, there was a girl who was writing I say girl, a woman was writing one of the, I think she was writing Batgirl before Gail Simone, okay? And she had, she she was on issue three of her run. She had all these plans that had been approved by her editors. They had a Bat Book Summit. They didn't even invite her. Um, She bumped, the only reason she found out about it is she bumped into two creators at the airport that were going to the summit, but she was flying to visit family or something and just saw him at the airport. And they were like, oh, you're going to that summit also? And she was like, uh, no, I'm going to Des Moines to see my mom. What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, uh, bat summit. We're all going. And she wasn't even invited. And that's the kind of thing where DC drops the ball versus Marvel where they're like, did you just pitch an X book? Yeah, come on out to the summit. Let's make sure it fits into what we're doing. You mean actual planning? It's interesting. I mean... And it's been like this for a long time at Marvel. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I do think Marvel is probably a better publishing company than DC Comics. I don't think that that is... I think that's kind of been proven true over the last decade, probably. But... That's why they're still the biggest one. I'm hesitating to say that, like, they're so much better run, but maybe that's... Maybe they truly are. Like, maybe that really is the difference. Maybe DC's just more independent. They're just kind of like, yeah, just do whatever you want. Just write whatever you feel like. But they're not, But that's the problem, is they're not, because, like, they still... Give like editorial still dictates the direction back to you. Like when they came out of that summit, her whole line was changed. Like they they were bringing on a new Batgirl writer two issues behind her all of a sudden. Yeah, so, you know. What I, I guess not everything. Like, I just I always feel like DC always just like they don't do anything for a while and like there's not a big hubbub and then like randomly they'll have like these huge events that everyone's like, yeah, this is awesome. I feel like um, I feel like Dark Knight Metal or like even the short stories like is it the, the White Knight? Yeah, I do like uh, you know every once in a while they really like they really like like randomly they like big surprises. Yeah, they hit these big home runs. Yeah, but they're not a they're not consistent in the slightest. And that's the problem. I think I think the ability to day in and day out put together 
like Marvel will sit down and say, okay, listen, we got to really focus on Moon Knight this year. Like, let's really give this guy the push. Like, they've done this consistently over the last 10, 15 years. And they started with their big dudes. And they've been working their way through their roster, really revamping characters that need to be revamped and just sitting down and, and finding the right pitches and then supporting those, you know, like Thor was really the, the, was really the first guy who needed to get retooled. And they had him off the board for like a year and a half. Then they bring him in. And when they finally bring him in, it's, it's Olivia Copiel doing the writing and it's, it's Thor at his most BA ever. Like he beats Iron Man in three pages um, you know, still one of the best fights ever. Yeah. It's just, and now they sit around and they go, okay, let's, Ghost let's, Rider really needs a big push, so let's introduce a new Ghost Rider. Let's put him on the Avengers. Let's, you know, let's really one-up. this. Yeah, let's really commit to it. And And that's sort of, I think that's the difference between Marvel and DC is, you know, when DC hits a home run, they don't they don't often follow it up, or they follow it up too much, instead of just taking that consistency to the next thing. Yeah, like I, I'm not a super big fan. Like, I, like honestly, like I thought like the Batman who laughs and like the whole DC metal thing was was like it started off as like oh it's kind of cool, and then like they kept running with it. And I'm like, why? What, what's happening? Right. It just kept. Like, more and more and more, it just kept going. And finally, you're just like, uh, are we done yet? Yeah, it's like, well, that was that was cute and a neat concept, and I liked it. And it's like, oh, now, oh, now I hate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we haven't gotten away from this yet. Okay. All right, been, I got it's, it. It's been like two years, and we're still on this. Okay. All right. Well, when you when you guys decide to do something else, get back to me when you decide to re-blow up your universe. <laughs> I think that may be the bigger sign that they've just totally screwed it up is they just keep doing these weird soft half reboots because like they're getting one or two books really right and they don't want to lose those, but they're willing to start everything else over. Yeah. They're like, well, well, the Green Lantern hasn't done anything since War of Light, so we can just kind of do whatever we want with him. Right. Let's totally blow up War of uh, Green Lantern side of it, but the Batman run's been great the last three years, so we're, so all of that counts. And Superman has a son now. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just like, we've we've gone to like, and that's that DC has some of the best like runs and like short stories. It's like, I, I always think of like stuff like uh, Kingdom Come is like one of my favorite books, but like, like it's so, like it's just so self-contained. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. I think they're, the the runs they do have are great, like Starman, uh, yeah, the Batman book, uh, White Knight. Um, there are some really interesting takes on stuff, but then they also turn around and they go, "Okay, let's just totally blow it on the Flash." And you're like, "Okay, well, what are they doing here?" Tell me you don't like Godspeed. Uh, I'm telling you, I probably haven't read a Flash book in ten years. It's because he's hard to write because his powers don't make sense. And every time he does anything, he threatens the fabric of reality. But it's clear. No, but he's not hard to write because they literally just did one of the 
best Flash issues ever and Heroes Reborn issue four. So, uh, or issue three, where they write about the wizard. It's easily the best Flash. Like, that should be what the Flash is like. And it's not. And so, like, it's just as obvious that there are really great ideas sitting on the ground that they just throw away because it doesn't fit into what they think they want to do, even though they don't know for sure what they want to do. Yeah. Also, this is not important, but it's just a very important side note to me. Oh, okay. so is is the Flash really not funny, and he's only funny because he has like infinite amount of time to think of witty things to say? <laughs> so like, <laughs> he does mini time travel to try out like forty one liners. Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be re- listen. If that was just a throwaway bit in like the second issue of a new Flash relaunch, I would think that would that would be worth it. Like. Like, someone says something, and we just get two pages of Flash trying out one-liners, and he's like, no, nah, that doesn't work. And he's just, like, thinking about it in his head, and it's like, he finally gets to it, and it's like, oh, yeah, here he comes, the comeback. Right, like, some, like, half of them were, like, terrible. They're like, your mom. <laughs> he's oh, like, no, on, it's man. dumb. <laughs> I would love it. I would I would love that. Um, Brain of a supercomputer. He's not that funny sometimes. <laughs> that would be great. But again, that's totally something, but they probably won't. Um, <laughs> that would be pretty funny, though. So, did you have you had a chance to see the new trailer for the He Man? I don't even know what they're calling it now, but they're calling it something else. It's not He Man, it might be He Man, it might be Masters of the Universe, colon, something else. Colon. But the new He Man relaunch from Kevin Smith. Uh, no, I haven't, I've not seen the trailer, I've seen images of it. Okay, um, I it's not it's it's exciting it's 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 in, it's interesting it's but it's full on super just, male power fantasy. It's just He Man again, guys. Yeah, it's He Man. It's it, that's all it is. It's, it's a modern, it's a modern continuation of all the themes from the '80s concepts, though. Okay, um, and when compared to the total relaunch that Shira was. It feels, it feels weird, right? It got really hammered. Like, people were kind of like, okay, she was this complete redefinition of, like, self-esteem, girl power. Like, they really found a new way to tell a, a, a similar story. And then He-Man's literally the same male power fantasy from, th- from 40 years ago. Uh, and it's a totally fair comparison, they're literally, but, they're literally in the same universe. Right. But I don't have a problem with really kind of just re-embracing He-Man. Like, She-Ra, like, okay, when when somebody walked into the room and pitched She-Ra, they probably had to pitch a whole new redesign because at the time, they're both dead properties. Yeah. But after She-Ra does great, and then you see... The different documentaries kick butt, like the you know, the toys that made us and all this other stuff. You see that there's still a big audience for He-Man, and it's back kind of floating to the top of your consciousness again because of She-Ra. You don't have to reboot it in the same vein as She-Ra, but, but She-Ra kind of opens the door for it. Right, where She-Ra had to be the one that stepped up to the plate, He-Man just has to follow through. Right, and they don't have to be the same anymore. Like They can be different, vastly different. The she that they relaunched is totally separate from Eternia. 
Yeah, I mean, there's literally like they <laughs> they just have some of the same character names, and that's literally the only thing that matters, right? Like the the whole plot of Shira has nothing to do now with Eternia, with Grayskull, uh, there's space travel. I mean, there's all kinds I mean, of stuff. The, like it's totally different. Hor- Hordak is the only name villain that transfers over. Right, and then he's like a clone of like an army of horde. Like, I mean, it's just all different. It's all different. Yeah, uh, and, and that's fine. No, most of the villains were Shira villain names, still, right? Yeah, Shadow Weaver and yeah, I thought so. Scorpion. They were all. They're all. All the characters are from the original Shira, but obviously not any any anywhere right. identical to what they used to be. And then the idea Bo like used princess... to be like a forty-year-old white man with a mustache, right? And then like princess powers and all that, like all of it, like. It's all different. It's all different. And that's okay. Like, it can be. Um, it's honestly a way better show. <laughs> it is. It's a great... It was a great show. And it was a total... It was It was a reboot done right. Yeah. And, which can't be said for a lot of reboots. And because it was She-Ra... And this is going to sound mean, but it's really not. Because I, I did love... I loved the show. I loved the show. Because it was a smaller franchise, it was the beef property. Because of that, you could make all of those big drastic changes and succeed. People weren't going to get mad. They weren't going to get as bad. I'm sure there was somebody on a message board somewhere going, what is this guard? Oh, you know what? There definitely was. I saw a lot of it. People were like, she doesn't have curves. They took away her femininity. They took away her womanhood. When clearly it's about female empowerment. Like They couldn't be more wrong. Right, yeah, especially because it's a, it's one of the few shows, including animated shows, which is kind of surprising sometimes. Actually, like, has different body shapes and character design. Yeah, everyone doesn't look the same. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't put any of them in a line and be like, oh, you couldn't mistake this character for this character. They're right. all different. That's <laughs> just that's their silhouettes, really, and that's really original design, which doesn't happen a lot. Um, the last time it really happened that stood out to me on a relaunch was the Ultimates, and the Ultimates took full advantage of it. One of their most iconic covers across the bottom is the silhouettes of the characters, and they're so different you can tell who's who um, just on their silhouettes. And it was really, it really kind of stuck in your head when you look at it. Like you're like, oh man, that is that's cool. Because there was still a cover going on behind it, too. But these silhouettes really pop. And it's like, oh, man, that is just neat looking. But, yeah, that's character design done correctly. Yeah. Um, but so a lot of people are upset at this redesign of He-Man. Because they say it feels lazy. Because they didn't really reinvent it. They just kind of continued it and polished it a little bit from the 80s. Right. Um, they didn't even go back to the... 2003 He-Man. <laughs> which uh, which was a redesign. <laughs> which was a redesign, and honestly, it wasn't that bad looking. Um, but one thing like they rat did tail do, He-Man. One thing they did do, though, in this He-Man cartoon, and it made people mad, I don't understand this, they so like Tira, they, they put on some muscle onto her build a little bit. Oh no, people aren't a fan of strong women. The it the exact people you think that would be mad about this are mad about this. Yeah, people who who are don't like strong women. Every every woman in media should be 
busty slim waist. Yes. Like why why is she no longer shaped like a Victoria's Secret model? Like even right. her action figures were spicy. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like why is she no longer shaped like a Victoria's Secret model? Why does it look like she would definitely win a, a sword fight? <laughs> why does it definitely look like she could beat me up? Right. And it's like, well, because she was in a war and probably beat up a lot of people. Like Right, yeah, because she, she had to be strong. <laughs> it's a war for Eternia, dude. She fights a guy named Beast Man, okay? Like Right. Have you seen He Man? She needs to be able to keep up. <laughs> right. Uh but yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, Oh my god, why is she well, they took away the femininity of Tila now too? And it's like, oh my god. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. I, I, I'm starting to feel like you can't, you just can't relaunch anything anymore, or you really well, can't even come out with anything anymore without catching people. People sword. are gonna be mad no matter what you do. It, it's just, it's just a fact of life. Someone's gonna be enamored with something, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, they changed the one thing I cared about. How dare they?" So people have been launching, and it's a certain group of people uh, have been launching videos that say Kevin Smith owes us an apology. For making the exact same thing they liked eighty years ago, it makes sense, <laughs> right? Like, hope... is is the is the problem that it's too new or too much the same? See, I think the problem is that, and I don't really think it's a problem. I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be good. I'm gonna watch it. I think if anything, the problem is that it's too much. This like they could have taken more risks, right? But. I mean, if you're going to do what was done before and just update it a little bit, I think it looks great. I think, I, think it, I think it looks like what it needs to look like to accomplish what the, what it sounds like they want it to do. You know, if anything, I think they could have gone further. Um, but I don't have a problem with what they did. And so, yeah, I just, it's sort of, it's really kind of in my crawl a little bit that like, you just can't do it anymore. Like, there's just the, the whole groups of people who are just like, this is going to be garbage. Why did they even do this? Okay, but I feel like a lot of people also don't remember how, how corny He-Man is. Oh, man. I think if you, if, you, if you had a cash prize to anyone who successfully watched every minute of every episode, I don't know how many people would even be able to claim it. Right, or like it's something that they cared about when they were a kid, but it's like, do you even remember half of this? You know, it's funny you say that, like, uh, I, I got all excited a couple of years ago on one of the streaming services, they had G.I. Joe up. They had all mm-hmm. the episodes of G.I. Joe. Six seasons, whatever it is. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, bro, G.I. Joe, I'm in. And about four episodes in, I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, this was so awesome when I was a kid. This is terrible. I can't do this anymore. This is objectively bad. It, it is. And you forget about it and you think that it's okay. Because, and... because it was a toy commercial. That's all it was. You were just being advertised to. You know, well, you know what I think would have helped? If I had like a mouthful of sugar cereal and just milk pouring all over my face as I watched it. But like. Yeah. And you were, and you were six again and you didn't have to think <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. But the fact that my brain was working, I was like, this, is, this isn't this is great. This is a little rough. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I love the Transformers, like, to death. And, like, some of those episodes are just really goofy. Right. 
Although my absolute favorite one was, uh, I, I caught an episode where Megatron goes to the Lincoln Memorial, uh, picks up Abraham Lincoln's statue, and gingerly places it on the ground to steal the throne. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mad respect, Megatron, thank you. <laughs> I may be evil, but this man freed the slaves. Right, because after they after they beat him up, they send him on his way. The Autobots are able to place Abraham Lincoln back into the chair. That's that's impressive respect. Yeah, and I was like, Megatron show mad respect, and then Michael Bay calls back to that scene by having Megatron blow up Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> It's the reboot, dude. It's edgier and cooler. Yeah, he blows up Abraham Lincoln instead of gingerly placing him onto the ground like a normal human being. Our Megatron doesn't love history class. (laughs) Oh, man. That is... Yeah, yeah. You just can't go back, I think is the problem. Yeah, except for the the 80s movie or the Transformers. That movie absolutely slaps. Uh, To this day, I can watch that any day of the week. I own it. It's got great power ballads. Oh, great power ballads. The it's story got, it's got weird Al because they kill Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoilers, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Spoilers for a thirty-year-old movie. <laughs> I mean, if someone just heard just now that there was a 1980s Transformer movie, they were then disappointed when I said that. I guess it's fair. It's still <laughs> sad when it happens. <laughs> you can still watch it. It'd be down about it. <laughs> oh man okay Nico tell our friends about the Adventure Begins comics games and more we'll jump out to a break and we'll come back with more Nerd Thug Radio still complaining about He-Man <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> we're always complaining about He-Man this is right, our podcast <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. The Adventure Begins, Calvis Games, and more is open and in full operating hours. Uh, you don't need a mask if you want to come into the store, but if you want to be a little bit more safe, uh, feel free to put one on. No one's gonna, no one's gonna judge you. If you want to be safe, it's fine. Uh, so events rolling back up here. Monday, June fourteenth. That's today. Four to eight p.m. is Miniature Mondays. Uh, so each Monday, this is the uh, the miniature event. You can. Paint, construct your minis, uh, ask the associates for in-store paint and supplies. Tuesday, January, uh, January, whoa, June 15th, uh, 5.45 is the Dragon Ball Super uh, in-store tournament. Wednesday, June 16th at 5 p.m. is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Trade Night and Casual Meetup. New weekly event, June 17th, this is Thursday, 6 p.m., is... Uh, Magic the Gathering Modern Meetups. So this is uh, they're having in-store magic again. So this is Modern Ooh. is on Thursday, Friday, June eighteenth at six p.m. is the Star Wars X-wing Casual Meetup. All levels and ages are welcome. Saturday, June nineteenth, two p.m. Pokemon Meetup. June nineteenth at six p.m. is Hammer Time or Hammer Tabletop. And finally, uh, even more magic. June nineteenth at six p.m. This is Commander, so they got two formats for Magic. Uh, now that they're finally opening up all their uh, Wizards is finally opening up all their stuff. So Thursday yeah, is modern. Uh, is it is it true like we're just now getting into like the first Wizard events of the year? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like it's not like their competitive scene matters anyways because they 
Oh, oh okay. Taking shots. All right. Ended, we can, we can right talk about we can talk about this in the next segment. They ended their pro tour, which I'm like very sad about. Uh, yeah, but I'm okay. I honestly, I'm okay. Yeah, we will talk about that because I'm I'm totally over it. I don't I couldn't care less. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so they had they got magic rolling back up in the store Thursdays, modern Saturdays, commander. There it is. All right, this is uh this is Nerd Talk Radio. It's Monday afternoon. We're gonna be right back. Stay tuned. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun, nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventurers League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IronLoneStar.com. It's around 2.40 today. Eh, not quite, but almost. And we're hanging out here on this Monday afternoon. Okay, so we mentioned during the Adventure Begins ad read that Wizards of the Coast, the essentially the parent company to almost all things nerdy right now. Yeah, they've kind of like they've kind of like absorbed everything at this point. <laughs> so between them and Blizzard and then comic books, like those like those are like the three main companies yes. to me. Like that's it, boys. Like <laughs> it's a lot of it. It's it is a lot of it. Um and then whoever it is that makes the like Warhammer games. Yeah, games workshop. Yeah. So like I mean there's not there's like maybe four or five big big companies in the nerd world. Anyway, Magic the Gathering has had a pro tour for probably 25 years. Yep. Somewhere in that range. Um, they even introduced a Hall of Fame about six or seven years ago, I feel like. They did. Uh, I just... <sighs> First of all, I don't feel like they ever did a good enough job marketing it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's always been, like, a weird, like... And especially, especially in the later years, because the Pro Tour was exclusive, like you had to play in tournaments to qualify to then enter the Pro Tour. Well, that's not too weird. That's sort of the same format as PGA. PGA does that. Um, you know, they'll have certain opens. Now there are sponsorship exemptions. They'll have certain events. Um, but in order to play on the PGA tour, you, you have to, you have to qualify your way in. And there's even a card that you're given that qualifies you to even be a part of the PGA. Yeah. That's not, that's not too different. It's Um, not too different, but it's not as straightforward as that. But here's the thing. This is what I mean by they didn't market it as well. There's a lot of opportunities to really sort of grow the brand by having champions, you know, this this is your 2012 national champion of Magic the Gathering. Why aren't they buying like full page ads congratulating that person 
why aren't they putting him on some kind of press tour? Why aren't he like? Why aren't they? You know well, what I mean? mean? Like, there's, there's they, all they do. Of... They do a lot of stuff with the with the pro. What what ends up happening actually a lot of the time is that Wizards just hires them, right? And that's not the way to do it. What I'm saying is what they did with it didn't work, obviously, because I couldn't tell you the name of a champion ever. That's fair. Like you don't. It's not like they're not like they're like name dropped all the time. And that's the point. Like if you have if you have first of all a league for your game and then you have tournament champions and then you have actual league champions you should be doing what you you should be doing everything in your power to create the level or status of celebrity with that person because all it does is elevate your game right but i mean like and there's and there's some people that you know fly a little bit closer to the magic sun than i do that do know these names it's kind of like it's kind of like competitive esports or sports in general. Like, I can like I can tell you foot I can tell you like football pros, but that's because it's football, only the largest billion dollars sport. But that's my point. They've elevated themselves to a point where even you, where they have pierced even the veil of your realm of consciousness, and you are so far away from sports that it's sad. But even you know the identity of these people. That is a successful pushing of champions and of stars and things of that nature. Poker does it. Poker does a great job of really pushing its stars and pushing its famous people. Not everyone who wins every year is going to be a famous person, but when they have a champion that's worthy of good media attention and doing the media and has an interesting story and things of that nature – they push it. And then the other guys that are interesting figures in poker, they don't shy away from them. They embrace it. Phil Hellmuth, they call the poker brat. He won one of their first tournaments when he was uh, 18, and he could only play in certain states. You know what I mean? Like, And they've just always embraced that about him. He's he, he throws these giant tantrums when he loses. And the announcers even now, they just joke about it. Like, oh, oh, look, oh here comes Phil Hellmuth. He might blow over here on this one. And like, yeah, but Wizards doesn't see the. I don't think they see the value in that because they just want to sell more cardboard. But, but that's where they mess up because you would sell even more cardboard. The more these people are elevated, the more the whatever it is they do is elevated. I don't know, man. They just got Post Malone to be on game nights, and that's that's awesome. But what would be cooler is if before Post Malone, over the last thirty years. There had ever been another name associated with Magic the Gathering. I mean, yeah, it is fair, and there and there wasn't like they've had this tournament. They've they've had these events forever, and not one time have they ever pushed uh, a single one of these. Like G four was a TV station for six years, and not one time did they interview a Magic the Gathering champion. Yeah, that's fair. Like I just think that there's sort of. Listen, we know a little bit about marketing now. We know a little bit about media. We know how it works behind the scenes. If Magic the Gathering wanted to get one of these champions in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, they could do it with ease. Right. Maybe the champions weren't good. Well, and that's and that might be part of the problem, but but you you coach them up. Do you know what colleges do when they get a quarterback who doesn't talk uh, very well and sounds like the wrong kind of person? 
in order to make everyone feel better about the fact that their quarterback maybe came from a pretty thuggish part of town, they teach him how to speak. They te- they they give him media relations courses, and you can hear a young quarterback correct his speech literally live on an interview when he starts out. Yeah, let me tell everybody, and then he goes, "Well, what I want to say is, I want to thank," and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you you know they they learn how to speak. Um. Again, this is all something that they could have done for some of these people. Now, maybe some of these people are just so questionable. They're just like, uh... but you well, find I don't, think, your I don't think any of them are. I don't think any of them are bad. Well, not that I know of. Not like I know any of them. Right. But like, I know there were women who played. I know there were, you know what I'm saying? Like there were so many opportunities for them to really push boundaries, break barriers, create well, stars. Well, they didn't want to create stars. They, they, they were like, oh, you, you're good at our game. Well, that means you can join our company. Right, and that's the absolute wrong way to look at it. I mean, listen, it's probably great for the guys who got jobs there, but that's that, if your goal is to win a card tournament to get a job, that's a that's that's a weird that's a that's a weird career path. Yeah, so I know there, there's like there's been definitely there's like yeah I'm, I'm a four time GT champion. Um, uh, I work at Wizards of the Coast now. <laughs> yeah, and that, and I'm sure that happens a lot, but like, should it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. shouldn't they be doing something better with like? Shouldn't winning a tour championship one year mean more? Oh, like, look, the, I don't, the thing is crazy is that most of them have won multiple. And that and that's okay. So like, let's say it this way: I don't care for golf at all. I don't watch any golf. I've never watched a, a round of golf. I don't know. I don't know very much about golf at all, but like we just already demonstrated, I know a little bit about the PGA Tour because they they it, it matters. They've they've convinced the pop culture zeitgeist that they're important. And part of part of them doing that was finding Tiger Woods and having this great story to tell for 25 years through him. You know, the dominant Tiger Woods, the broken Tiger Woods, the fall of Tiger Woods. All of these different chapters through golf are because they elevated a star. Yeah, I mean, it was literally the only golfer I knew. Right. Still probably is. And now at this point, I feel like I can name probably 10, maybe, if I'm lucky. If I go female and male, maybe 10. With zero involvement. With zero involvement, and it's because they've elevated their stars to the point that they pierce that that the level of consciousness that we're at with with sports. You can name probably five to ten NFL players, five to ten NBA players, five to ten. Or I could definitely name five to ten golfers. Um, and all in that's something that didn't happen. On accident. You know, it's because these sports are elevated because they created stars. Stars are what people connect to. You root for a team, you care about a star. That is a very fair point, especially in an individual game. And that's, and that's why I think it's sort of a failing, and that's why I couldn't care less if they cancel the tour. Because it never... That's why people still watch wrestling. It's, it's the, the compelling stories of these individuals that is totally fictional... And completely planned, but when it's good, it's still worth following. Right. Like, how many amazing stories have we just missed out on just because they didn't care? <laughs> right, because they didn't market it. And and people, 
this is what I'm learning as a creator. People aren't going to magically find you. You've got to really shove it in their face. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be willing to say that almost every time. Hey, well, you know, I also. And, you know, and then you go from there. And then, listen, who knows where it leads, but you've got to be willing to tell your story at least. And Magic the Gathering wasn't interested in doing that. Yeah. On the flip side, Blizzard, with this Overwatch League, they're very interested in telling these stories, and they're finding more and more marketing partners and more and more... It, we're probably three or four years away from having individual players that we get excited about. Yeah, well, I mean, like, we've already we've already seen it happen. We've literally met a kid who came down here to Houston just to see his favorite player play. Right, that's right, because he was an Outlaws fan somehow. Um, no, and you're right. That, that, that did happen, and that was a crazy story. But what's gonna? What I mean is, that's gonna start happening at like across the country. Like we're gonna, you and I will be na- be able to within the next three to four years. You and I will be able to name five or six pro video game players. Well, like I can already, and I literally couldn't care less about video games because I haven't played them in like a year. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not there yet, but we both will be probably within the next three or four years. And it's not because of us and what we do, although that is part of it. It's because of what Blizzard is doing to elevate their sport, what League of Legends is doing to elevate their sport. Um, you know, they're creating compelling news, national newsworthy stories. It's true. It's something and, I hadn't thought about now that you point that out. <laughs> it's, it's, there's a there's a way to do this, and Imagine the Gathering just wasn't interested in it. And I think it's one of the big failings of it. It's why I've always said that HeroClix, if they really wanted to stick around, they would start a league, and they would get serious about it. But, again, it's one of those things that probably is never going to happen. Rest in peace, HeroClix, even though it's still alive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I... I see so many people who are like buying and selling just like these. I honestly, I think at this point, HeroClix exists just so these 40 people can keep trading $100 pieces to each other. <laughs> like the get... money probably keeps changing hands back and forth between the same 30 people. Yeah. They're like, ah, oh, it's, it's a bit rough this month. Like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to sell all my con LEs. And it's like, ah, oh, finally got some cash flow. Time to buy some con LEs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, there's a set that comes out where they don't care at all, and they sell all their chases and rares, and then another set comes out, and they're all... I mean, and I even do that. I sold every piece of the Fantastic Four Future Foundation that was worth anything. Yeah, because you're like, I, I have... You're like, I don't care about this set, so I don't... You can have it. I don't want it. <laughs> Basically, every booster open, I was like, Bleh. <laughs> Buy a humbug. I don't want any of these guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, that's fun. But... I don't know. I, I, I don't. When we were pitching, we, you know, Joey and I worked really hard on a TV show concept for Hero Clicks. And when we pitched it to his kids to even just give us products for it, they, they said they weren't interested. And my reply to them was childish and petty because I was so annoyed with them and their short sightedness. But I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize multiple people had offered, had offered the opportunity to get your product on TV. 
It's okay, guys. They they have they have Scott Porter Facebook right. videos. Right. They have Scott Porter YouTube videos. Great. Okay. Uh, Scott Porter's pretty attractive. He's a handsome man, but I mean that doesn't that's not the only thing, and he's not exactly. He's not much bigger than what we would have done with this lead. You know what I mean? Like he's in some things. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I saw him in like a Netflix show I was watching with my mom? And I was like, where do I know this guy from? Who is why do I who is this? I was like, why do I recognize this man? And I was like, oh, he's the hero clicks guy. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life was, was shattered. <laughs> He is an actor. Honestly, when they call him an actor, I'm always just like, oh, okay, is he an actor? Okay. Couldn't tell you one thing he's in, ever. Uh, you don't even know the name of it, so. Ginny and Georgia, I think? It's on Netflix. Really? My mom watches that. That's funny. Yeah. He's in that. He's the, uh, he's the attractive trying to, like, he's like the, I think the school board president or something like that. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. Um, so just a quick reminder before we jump out of here, the code for Comic Conroe still is up in TR5. We'll save you $5 off your tickets. Tickets are $35. Kids 8 and under. Get in free. Kevin Sorbel is the big guest. Make sure to check that out. Comic Conroe. Conroe finally has their own convention. Why wouldn't you go? Um, yeah, it's the weekend after Comic Paloozas. You can have two weekends of back-to-back con going. I know. I gotta get. I gotta get that all set up with work and all that. Oh my god, it's gonna be a mess. Um, it's all right. I'm excited. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work for two weeks. It's just not. Not doing it. Um, <laughs> that'll go over great. <laughs> this hey, boss, is, I'm not uh, showing up for the next month. We'll see you, yeah. buddy. Hey, hey, bro, I ain't coming in. Um. <laughs> On behalf of little brother Nico and myself, this is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wishing everybody a happy Monday. Uh, on behalf of the Adventure Begins Comics Games and more, and of course, Nerd Thug Radio, same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Make sure to keep getting your shots. Uh, we're coming up on 4th of July. I think the goal was 70% nationally. I don't think we're anywhere close to that. Uh, <laughs> President Biden had even worked with Budweiser to give everybody free beer if we had hit the number. And apparently that still wasn't enough of an incentive, but that's all right. Keep getting vaccinated. Masks are coming off everywhere. We're coming out of our caves. We're coming out of hibernation. The world is coming back. And the best thing to do is to come back healthy. So everybody take care of each other. Stay safe, stay clean, stay strong. We're going to be back on Thursday at two o'clock. This is Nerd Thug Radio. Hello, Conroe. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to let everybody know that there is a comic book convention called Comic Conroe, coming July 23rd through the 25th, right here at the Lone Star Convention Center. Interested parties should go to facebook.com backslash comic Conroe with two C's there in the middle. And people interested in buying tickets, they're only $35. Kids 8 and under get in for free. Interested parties should also check out using the discount code NTR5 for a $5 savings off their ticket. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Yeah.